Hey, it's February 22nd, 2023. Grab your paper and pen. It is time for the run sheets. I'm Atrol Pearl, and I'm joined, as always, with my left hand that wasn't with me this past weekend. I'm sorry we forgot to record because it was so busy out there. It's Ella J. Ella, how are you? I'm good. Joel thinks he's a hot shot now because he's got the, the WWE experience under his belt, although I can't say too much. I just did mine right at uh, Rumble, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but did you interview super hot top prospect and should have been WWE Universal Champion Sami Zayn? No, I did not. But I did interview the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, so... That's actually kind of neat. I do appreciate that. That's cool. It was uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, this was your like first experience too, right? Yeah, it was. This was my first time doing the press junket for WWE. I've done it for other companies that are out yes. there. And uh, I have to say, you know, I'll put over WWE and, and not 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 100%, but they get a lot of it right. And this uh, this experience working with their, their communications team was uh, was mostly positive. It was a good time. I'm, I know you 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 had some uh, familiar faces besides you. You had Tim, of course. There, I was there pretty much by myself, going alone. So that was pretty intimidating. But you had some good people there. I saw our good friends from Love Wrestling there as well. Zach and Spencer and Lawrence were there too. So I mean, you guys all kind of got to collide together. I was so lucky not just to have Tim there with me, who like makes everything that we do sound and yeah. look good but to have spenny there and to have zach there and have lawrence there and you know lawrence is local and so is zach to yeah. montreal so for them it's like it's easy peasy and then spenny came in from edmonton and uh it was just really nice to have not only guys that i know but also some first timers to mm -hmm. this whole wwe press experience so we kind of had that together and uh it was it, it made the weekend a lot more fun and just those guys are always fun anyway so it was a nice time what was the most like eye-opening or challenging aspect of you for the weekend? I think the most challenging thing for me was remembering to stand, not, it's not standing up for myself, but during the press conference, I felt maybe a little intimidated, which is something I don't yeah. normally feel. Uh, but I felt like I was in this room full of people that have done this before mm -hmm. and do this for a living. And maybe it was a little imposter syndrome in me, but I also, I didn't have any questions for Austin Theory. I had a question for Edge and Beth, specifically for Edge, about his talk about retirement back in Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, but that question was immediately asked, which I'm so glad it was. And then uh, I had questions for Paul about uh, a topic that you and I are not going to talk about on this show, but about, <laughs> about specifically yeah. about Ariel Helwani. And I've talked yeah. about it on other shows what the question was going to be. But uh, I didn't get to ask that. But then when we got to Sammy, I saw the way he was talking and I saw the way he was kind of interacting with everyone. And I said... I had a FIFA Select report that Sean and I worked on. I want to get to the bottom of this. So I was lucky enough to uh, have someone next to me ask a question, and then the person on the other side of me asked a question. And then I grabbed the mic, and I looked at Byron Saxon when he said last question, and I was like, I got the mic. <laughs> and then I got to, to ask that last question, which um, I'm tremendously proud of because I think, I think it was the right question to, I thought it was worded properly, and I liked the way that Sammy uh, answered it. So it reminded me that I can actually do this job and do it well. So as a refresher for those who maybe didn't catch it, because again, this was also really late, and also this was crossing over with the New Japan battle in the Valley. Then again, though, they had like a terrible delay. Um, but for the <laughs> refresher, what did you end up asking Sammy Zayn? So essentially what happened, I'll take you guys back to SmackDown on Friday. Okay. Uh, 
he came out, Sammy came out to his old original Worlds Apart theme. And the crowd was massive. They were super pumped. They were absolutely losing it. He had a five-minute plus ovation. You had floor directors for WWE begging and pleading with the people in the front rows to, like, sit down, let him talk. They were trying to get Sammy to talk. But Sammy was having none of it. Because what do you do when you have that many people screaming and yelling? You let them scream it out because this is a huge moment. So... He did his promo. It was very, like I said, very different from the typical WWE promo. He didn't just send it home. He did it in mostly in French. He did it in a way that was with more passion and vigor than most people who have to, you know, remember bullet points would have to uh, give. And so I said, something's up. And then I was tipped off later that, yeah, the promo did not go anywhere near as planned. Uh, part of it was the the crowd and part of it was Sammy himself wanted to say other things, but uh, he decided to let the crowd go. And, and let them do their thing. So he only had like a minute to speak. Now, uh, I would later ask Sammy in the press conference, hey, felt like you had more to say in your in, in your SmackDown promo. Uh, was there something more that you wanted to say? Because it was very different from what we would normally see on a go-home promo. And he went through a whole long, a whole long explanation about what, what his mindset was as he was standing in the ring on Friday night and why he didn't say anything and why he let the crowd go off. And then he told me, you know, I wanted to say this about uh, Cody Rhodes. I want to say this about whether or not I have the confidence that I mentioned on Monday. I wanted to say this about WrestleMania, this about the bloodline, but I didn't have a chance. So I decided just to do it as if I was, you know, at home, essentially. Mm. You can read the transcripts. Jeremy Lambert did a great job. And I'll rarely put Jeremy Lambert from FIFA (laughs) over. That's our thing. Uh, But if you go and you you look up the transcription from the press conference, you'll see he he had a lot to say and about every answer to the question. But this one in particular, he did go into specifics. And I, I appreciated the amount of honesty that went into his response because you know, Austin Theory was treating this like a kayfabe vortex, which most of True. these conferences are. So Sammy was ready to be a little more, um, a little more honest with himself. And I, I appreciated that. So I felt confident and better asking questions that were kind of rooted in, rooted in kayfabe, but also a little bit of reality. I feel like that's a good blend. And definitely, I mean, even I, I watched bits and I watched actually all of Austin's stuff, bits and pieces of Edge. And definitely Theory is one of those people, at least during press conferences, it looks like he likes to keep the the kayfabe alive. Edge was a little bit of, of both, it seemed a little bit like. But, you know, it's good to get that kind of like honesty. And I mean, it's a good as scoop, as they say. Um, but yeah, that night for Sami Zayn, I mean, like, I, I think people were hoping. I know a lot of people maybe believed. Unfortunately, I was not one of those people who thought that they he you know he could have pulled it off. I know traditionally this is our our news thing, but the by the time our next recap thing rolls around, you know, Chamber is going to kind of be old news. But I feel like the story of Sami Zayn leading up was great. I don't. I just don't know how I feel about you know the the Jimmy Uso spot in there was great, but then at the end it felt really rushed. After you know they had that moment, Jay Uso came back. You know he didn't want to hit Sammy. Sammy spears him, and then it just feels like it was kind of rushed at the end there. I don't know how I. That's just how I felt with the ending of that match for Roman and Sammy. I felt like you know they were on track, but I feel like there should have been something more. I don't know. I agree with you. It felt a little overbooked. It felt a little, um, I don't know. It it felt like there was just too much going on in the moment. And I think a lot of people had their hopes up that this would be the next story leading to WrestleMania. Yeah. And and I agree with that. Uh, So, so two things. The first thing is we in the, 
press or media, whatever we were, um, at one point, the communications team comes over to us and says, hey, yes. come with us. We want yes, you to Yes, so you got to watch it on your phone. You don't get to yeah. – I didn't, did not even get to see Sammy wailing Roman at the us, rumble. <laughs> they told us, we're going to take you onto the floor to watch it. Oh, okay. Because remember, we're not in a stadium, so we don't have very far to go for a True. press conference. Okay. But what they did do was they, they're like, we'll take you onto the floor. They were like treating it as if this was a really cool spot. And I was like, uh, okay, I know you're not going to put us like in the front row. But instead they brought us to like the back corner of the floor because then they did want to herd, or herd the cats and get us into mm-hmm. the spot so they can take us to the press conference. Understandable. Do not get me wrong. But what sucks is that because the elimination chamber was hanging above the ring, that meant that the scoreboard that would normally be hanging with all the video wasn't being shown. So we didn't see anything and we couldn't see anything unless we opened up our apps and and watched on Peacock or Sportsnet, whatever it is, because we're Canadian. Um, Instead, we we just kind of all stood there and like, craned our necks and tried to see anything, grabbed our cameras and like picked them up. You know, we, we tried our best. Squinting. Yeah. Yeah, kinda. And it was a little frustrating, but by the end of it, like we we figured out what happened and we saw it, but it was, um, it was a little annoying for us, but you know, I I understood why they were doing it that way Mm -hmm. in terms of the story arc and why maybe Jay didn't get involved or why Jay didn't immediately turn or whatever the expectation may have been from, from the fantasy bookers like me, I thought it would be Jay as well turning that night. Mm -hmm. Um, when Triple H, when Paul Levesque came and talked to the press during his press conference, he said, essentially, it's hard to believe we have six weeks left until Mania. That's 12 TVs. That's a lot of stories to tell. And he's mm. right. I, How do you tell the story of the tag titles being on the line? First, you have to tell the story of KO and Sammy getting back together. Yeah. And K- KO just showing up and taking out the bloodline and then hugging Sammy, that feels a little anticlimactic. The pop is there. Don't get me wrong, but there's still so much background yeah. going back months. And, and it's months. not just that easy, especially because, you know, Sammy was the one who not betrayed, but put Kevin Owens down at war games mm-hmm. and all of that to save his bloodline. And now just because things have fractured with the bloodline, he's uh, Kevin's not allowing him to crawl back that easily. He's got to kind of fight for it and prove it. It looks like as like we saw on raw to Kevin, exactly. you know, they have that agenda to take down the bloodline, but just not together right now. We'll and then see. on the other side of things, Jay walked out on his family. Yeah. That's another side of the story that needs to be told. You couldn't do it all together at once and then have six weeks of like one-upsmanship because that's just, that's kind True. of boring after a while. So I, I I sat there for the evening and I was like, I get it. And I think a lot of people got their hopes up, myself included. But I very quickly, when Paul said six weeks, I was like, yeah, no, you do have to kind of draw this out and find more interesting ways to tell the story. And stuff can play out on TV sometimes that make things a lot more fun to talk about on the post shows or on the show that we do every Saturday where we talk about the weekend wrestling and we kind of put the dots together. That's okay. It doesn't all need to come together at the same time. It's not kismet like that. That's true. We got we got six. We well now we got eleven shows left, but we still have six weeks. Um, you know, a lot of people are floating between Ron SmackDown. Rhea Ripley is headed to SmackDown to probably confront Charlotte Flair. You know, Cody might go to SmackDown sometime. Roman might come to Raw. It's that 
I wouldn't say rare season because sometimes they float just because, but you know, it's that mania season. They got 11 TVs left for WrestleMania. Obviously they have NXT as well, but I'm interested to see how this plays out now. Send Roman to NXT. That's right. Let's do a oh, Roman. God. <laughs> Roman does not need three titles. That would be my worst nightmare. Yeah. Yours. That would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> Roman and Mello for the NXT title. Let's go. Oh my god. That'd be a good match though. That'd be a fun. It would, but I don't you know, maybe after he loses to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, then I would then I would be open to the idea. But as of now, no. I don't want him anywhere near NXT. <laughs> well, we have some news. Should we talk about the news? Yes, we should. This is the uh, news episode. But, you know, we had to. We had to, of course, have our little Elimination Chamber discourse. Of course. So, Asuka, our friend Asuka, hits a landmark in WWE after the Elimination Chamber because we're kind of, let's pull it all together. Asuka wins the Elimination Chamber, and now it was going to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania this year. And in winning that, she became the first WWE star female specifically to win a Royal Rumble money, in the bank and elimination chamber match. And she joins four other wrestlers to do that. John Cena, Randy Orton, edge and Brock Lesnar. That to me is some queen. You know what Ella talk <laughs> to me about this? Cause this is really cool for Oscar, especially for those who are kind of down on Oscar's uh, mm-hmm. long-term career span in WWE. As you were alluding to, it is queen shit. Although, you know, the the queen is on SmackDown. But, you know, for this sake, I mean, Asuka, I mean, that's such an impressive accolade to have, you know. Um, You know, what's crazy, too, is like she's only competed in two Rumbles. Like before this year, she hadn't competed since she won. Um, But obviously now she's also the winner of Elimination Chamber. She did not win Rumble this year, but she did win Chamber, punching her ticket to WrestleMania for a match against Bianca Belair. And these two actually haven't met one-on-one in quite some time, I believe it's been almost a year um so i'm excited to see this matchup it's a brand new oscar but as for elimination chamber i mean what a list to join john cena randy orton brock lesnar and edge i mean that right there is literally a hall of fame class in it of itself um and it's crazy too because obviously there haven't been as many rumbles or money in the banks or chambers for the women so for oscar to be able to do that and what it's only been five years, five, six years since all of those have existed. You know, the first Money in the Bank for Women came in 2017 and then Rumble and Chamber came in 2018. Um, so, I mean, for her to do that in like five, six years since those have even existed is really an impressive accolade. It's kind of wild to think about who else has done this or at least come close to it in WWE in terms of women. Becky Lynch has won a Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. Bianca has Belair has, has won Chamber and what was that? Has has Becky won Money in the Bank? No, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. she won. She won a Royal Rumble. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, much like Bianca Belair, she's won Chamber and Royal Rumble. She has not won Money in the Bank. I'm thinking Unless right now, Bliss has won Money in the Bank and Chamber. That's right. Not a Royal Rumble. It's going through my head right now. It's like, who has done what? So, yeah, there's really only... So, what? It's just those three that have won two of those three. Charlotte's yeah. only won Rumble. She has not won... Uh, Charlotte... I don't even think Charlotte stepped foot into Chamber yet. No, that was what I expected this year. 
I expected yeah. Salad to enter her first elimination chamber and win and then go on to challenge at the time yeah. I thought maybe Bianca because they mm. were doing the four horsewomen story. Yeah. And then I was expecting Becky to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, not to well, be. well, I mean, it's possible that was the plan. I mean, the plan was for Ronda to carry the title uh, through Rumble, at least. Um, but obviously, plans changed, and Charlotte uh, took home the title on December 30th. But it feels, you know, I mean, it is mania season. You know, Bianca wrestled at Rumble. She wasn't uh, wrestling on Chamber, but there were still stakes for her kind of involvement, kind of waiting in the wings. But it feels a bit weird to have Charlotte off of two major pay-per-views leading up to uh, WrestleMania. You know, she wasn't even like featured on screen at all, really, for either of those. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a little bit weird. It is, but it's WrestleMania season. It is. Now (laughs) Rhea Ripley's going to pay her uh, a visit on Friday Night SmackDown. I am looking forward to that match. I'm also looking forward to seeing how the crowd reacts. Because if if people thought that the Cody and Roman reactions were going to be strange, especially with the Sami Zayn insertion, I want to see what happens when you put Charlotte and Rhea Ripley in the ring together. I think... I think it's going to be a mixed thing. I think a lot of people are going to be chanting mommy, mommy, you know, but also Charlotte's been getting really good things. So I think that honestly, we might be getting maybe a 60, 40 split 60 for Charlotte. You know, I feel like there's going to be a good amount of people like rooting for mommy just out of respect and her entertainment value that she brings to. And of course I kind of, you know, Ray, it looks like Dominic might be headed for a match against Ray, um, but I would be shocked if we didn't have Dom at least by Rhea's side for that match too. Which is very strange. And I, I mentioned this on other shows. I don't know if Rhea Ripley winning the Rumble was the right choice at the time, mm. only because she hadn't been as involved in the women's division up until True. then. Right. So now she's reinserting herself into a place she hasn't been since before she was injured and out of action for so long. And then she comes back. She wins the Rumble. She has to kind of find her spot that isn't just Royal Rumble winner, right? She has to be dominant woman wrestler, uh, which she can do. I mean, Rhea Rhea is very capable and very competent. Uh, I just wonder, you know, why why do they do that instead of have someone else and then have Rhea second Dominic to the ring for that extra heat going into the match, presumably against Rey Mysterio? I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the only other like I guess op- probable winner then would have been Oscar. But then like what did what would you have done for Chamber? You know, Charlotte. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You're right. I don't know. I mean, Charlotte could have uh, defended, or the, again, they could have had the number one contender thing. But I don't know. Then like yeah. then who would it be? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, you know I'm saying. excited though for that match at Mania. It's you know, I still I love both of them, but I still feel that Rhea should have retained against Charlotte at Mania 36. And this is kind of her, you know, obviously both characters have changed, kind of shifted positions in favor of the the crowd, and now they're meeting back. You know, they're two different people than even they were two years ago when they were feuding. You know, so it's a different dynamic. Yeah, and I don't know if you and I talked about this, but the the 2020 Royal Rumble. The women's rumble specifically was very NXT heavy. Yes. And it, the story all along was 
building NXT as a third, as a real third yes. branding competitor, because at the time, AEW was picking up steam. They were having yes. some hot shows and hot angles. So the idea here was that Charlotte wins the Rumble. She's going to challenge the NXT Women's Championship for the first time ever, yada, yada, yada. And then the world shuts down and it doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, I agree with you. It could have gone the other way back at WrestleMania, but it was in the PC. So True. everything was kind of tossed up and and everything was plans change creative change mm -hmm. you know who else had that happen to them this week <laughs> trish stratus had that happen to yes her. she did for the what presumably would have been the second time in two weeks <laughs> trish stratus was set to return on this fast raw she was in ottawa my hometown and uh she was set to, to return she was listed internally for ding dong hello the segment with bailey that ended up being with damage control and then later on with lita and with becky lynch who would go on to do issue a challenge for the women's tag titles however trish stratus was originally set to do uh to, to to be a part of that segment and then things changed so she was like well i can go home then so it sounds like you know no harm no foul uh what do you think of this article what do you think about this report um i think i i kind of understand it i know like you know sometimes we expect one thing just like we expected that cage match with bailey and becky kind of the same thing but obviously you know time constraints changed that and they they delayed it for a better payoff which i think was actually it kind of worked out in their favor because it set up that angle for lita to return and also help out becky lynch now I, you know i've heard theories about you know why they might have done this and it actually kind of makes sense again these are just kind of rumors and, and speculation i feel like it kind of makes sense for them to delay uh trish stratus's involvement obviously i mean now becky and lita are challenging uh damage control eo sky and dakota kai for the tag titles next week but that still leaves them down three to two and i would one would expect bailey to do in bailey fashion was to somehow get involved in this matchup next Monday, which would lead way for Trish Stratus to appear. Then it makes more sense for me creative wise for them to, sh for Trish to enter during this scenario where it's directly three on two with the titles on the line. Exactly. So, so for me, that makes sense. You know, I, I've heard some other things that, it, you know, it might turn into a heel turn Bailey and Trish, but again, I don't know that right now, but from what it seems to be, I feel like, the creative change makes sense if they're going this direction. And again, it would make sense too if they're trying to cap away the women's tag titles right now with this story. If the plan is Rhonda and Shayna for the titles at Mania, um, we don't have to wait six weeks for this. So something's up, but I, if it's going the way that we think, I think this change makes sense. I do too, because on the other hand, you know, Kai and Sky were put into this match because of Bailey. Yeah, she so accepted for them. Exactly. So now it's up to Bailey to get them out of mm -hmm. trouble. And how do you do that? You get involved in the match, you cause mm -hmm. a disqualification, and who do you bring in to fix it? And that's Trish Stratus. Mm -hmm. So it, it works for me on a on a creative level to just trot out Trish Stratus mm -hmm. in Ottawa. It, that's nice. You know, it's yeah. not hometown, but close to hometown pop. And people will be, again, super into it, hometown, da-da-da, everyone loves her. Why not you can do it in Grand Rapids, Michigan on Raw just as easily? <laughs> Michigan's not too far from, from Toronto. It's not a far ride. So you do it. Trish Stratus has been around forever. People know her. People love her. She can show up in New, in New Mexico, in a B-city, wherever. People would love her. People would be all into it. If we're setting up for a six-woman tag at WrestleMania, again, don't hate it. Uh, but it does kind of throw into... 
in, into the air what's going to happen with the with the women's championships and whether or not EO Sky mm-hmm. and Dakota Kai drop those titles before WrestleMania. It's, it's possible from what, again, this is just like, people are saying, you know, possible heel Trish. Trish comes back to save Lita and Becky, but ultimately turns on them somehow to set, you know, to set up, I get, or I don't know, or it could just end up being Bailey versus Trish. I don't know. There's multiple scenarios that would work here, but I don't know what the finish line is. You know, I'm kind of okay with that though. At this point, you know, sometimes my head hurts from trying to figure out this booking that likely isn't going to happen anyway. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to, enjoy Trish Stratus appearing sometime in the next couple of weeks leading up to WrestleMania, leading up to some involvement at the big spectacle. What that is, again, has yet to be seen, but just the anticipation of Trish Stratus alone, you know, has enough allure to draw people in. Well, you know, Becky and the besties aren't the only together tag team <laughs> coming into WWE. Yes. They're not the only ones in another company. The Hex are back. They joined Impact Wrestling. <laughs> they had an interview with Denise Salcedo where they were talking about being better together. And I'm excited to watch the Hex on Impact. I'm excited to watch the Hex challenge for those Knockouts Tag titles in less than a week. Mm-hmm. And this was your article. So talk to me about the Hex and their interview with Denise. Yeah, so I mean the Hex clarified too that they are they are still free agents. They can they've been bouncing back between NWA Impact, the Indies occasionally. So they clarified that. But it was interesting too that you know they came back um to Impact as the Hex, you know, prior to, you know, Allison K, Marty Bell were on kind of different planes. They were around at the same time. Allison K was more singles action wise, obviously a two-time knockouts champion. She soared to her own success kind of 2016, 2017, 2018. Marty Bell, on the other hand, like did her own thing with the dollhouse alongside Jade, aka Mia Yim and Taryn Terrell. You know, they were around the same time, but they never really linked up or crossed paths too much their first go around. But obviously after they left, they started teaming in late 2020. I believe it was November and obviously formed the hex and they've gone into massive, massive success since then. I mean, former NWA women's tag team champs, they were pro wrestling Eve tag team champs. And now, I mean, they're looking to become impact women impact knockouts, tag team champs this weekend, obviously, They've had, you know, they've had separate runs in the company. They've had their own individual successes, but, you know, they said if the if the form you want to keep the formula the same, you know, it's working. So why change it if it's not broken? You know, they've been doing so many things, so much to, you know, so much to be proud of as a team. So, I mean, Allison makes a good point. They make a good point. You want to keep the same formula if it's working, right? Why change it if it's broken? And like Marty Bell said, you know. The Hex, they've done great separately, but the Hex is just better together. So they're excited. And obviously they're looking forward to uh, possibly carrying championship gold at the end of No Surrender on Friday. And because they have a background with Impact and with TNA, because yes. the same company, there's, uh, there's a lot of story to be told. I'm still wondering if they're going to make allusions to the dollhouse for Marty Bell. If they're going to talk about Sienna once upon a time yes. for Allison K, uh, there's there's room there, especially if you're going to get into a story with the Death Dolls, who are very much the they're the weirdos of the Knockouts world of the Impact world, where you can go to the undead realm, you can become someone completely different. Imagine a story where suddenly the Dollhouse is back, and or or at least a version of the Dollhouse. 
and you bring back Sienna through the, the weird, wonderful world of the Undead Realm. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, I would like that. I mean, and you kind of have Father James Mitchell there, too. You know, again, we're used to seeing the Hexes baby faces, but now they're coming into impact as the heels. Um, so, again, that's also another new dynamic because we, I believe we've only really seen the Hexes like baby faces, right? At least together, right? So right. they're kind of in a new dynamic, you know, obviously against some familiar opponents in Jessica and Taya. They've, faced, they've crossed paths so many times, but never really, you know, two-on-two tag team action so i mean no surrender is this friday could you know could the hex uh dethrone the death dolls we'll see we'll find out this friday at no surrender but we also have to get to march 30th for the multiverse of matches we have to speak we have to speak to our friend scott moore because uh he's talking about getting mercedes monet and mickey james in a ring to get it done the knockouts Mm -hmm. champion against the new IWGP women's champion. We're, we're, listen, we're getting there. Every every week we're talking about it. And every week it feels like they're getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to it. I know I know you're close to, to, a, to one Mickey James. I know. And I know you've also said on the show that you're not asking questions because you want to be surprised. Mm. Oh, <laughs> no, you're asking <laughs> You're ruining it. I'm All not right. saying anything. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it here. No, that's for our, that'll be for the Patreon we don't have. Uh, but instead, Scott Demore's on Busted Open Radio. He's talking about Mercedes Monet and he's talking about Kyrie and the match that they had and the possibility of injecting uh, Mickey, Mickey James into the fray for that Multiverse of Matches show. Talk to me about it because I think this, listen, we can't keep talking about it and not give it away, right? Yes. I mean, Scott tomorrow was on busted open, I believe today. Oh no, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I believe. Where was he? Yeah. So Scott Tamore attended battle in the Valley this past Saturday. And he was talking to unbusted open that he got to meet Mercedes. Finally, he said before their paths had never crossed. And he said, obviously I'm a huge fan of her and everything she's done. So it was a great opportunity to meet with her and chat with her after the match that she had with Kyrie. And he also, you know, praised Kyrie as well, saying that she doesn't get enough love and respect that she deserves. She's outstanding. He praised her, obviously, insane elbow that she does. Um, he said that her and Mercedes went out there in front of a packed crowd and put on a world title match that he thought was fantastic. You know, he said the emotion was fantastic. And he said talking to Mercedes afterwards, she was very po- focused and passionate. And he said her wrestling is top notch. Her attitude is great. Um, so, and then later on, he said, you know, because Mickey James was on there, she hosts co-hosts Wednesdays for Busted Open. He said, we have to get you two in a ring sometime and get this done. And I know Mickey wants it, Mercedes wants it, Scott Demore wants it. So, New Japan, it's just up to you now. I want it, and not only do I want it, I want Mickey James off of Busted Open Island on Impact every <laughs> Thursday. All right, I'm 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 not asking for much. I'm just asking for once in my life. Please get get it get it going. I don't even care if it's Mercedes and Mickey. I don't. It could be it could be Mickey and uh, I don't know Mickey and, and Scott Demore for all I care. Just get her off the island. Let's go to something else. But uh, you know, I feel like that's going to be done after No Surrender again. Before this, you know, we even get a potential champion versus champion thing. Mickey faces Masha Slamovich this week, and you know. They've had they've had a lot of encounters as of late, and you know Masha seems to be gaining some traction on Mickey. So Mickey first has to focus on getting the Russian dynamite out of the way. If she can overcome her, 
then maybe I think they would talk about maybe a champion. I Again, I don't really think we need champion versus champion necessarily, but it would definitely up the stakes for that match, possible match between them. I would love it even more if Mercedes were the heel in this match. Mm. And she, having seen Mickey James lose her knockouts championship, kind of say, why should I face you? Mm-hmm. Or it, when, when she does get the match, let's say impact management is making me face you. But like, I don't care about you. Why should anyone care about you? You're old news. You're a has-been. It's over. Let it let it be a, a almost a passing of the torch moment. And let it be something. I don't know. I think there's a really good story there that, like you said, it doesn't need the titles. It would be fun to see champion versus champion. But maybe we can get away with having Mercedes just be a total jerk to Mickey James. I mean, we saw Mercedes kind of allude to that in her first appearance in New Japan. You know, she attacked Kyrie and then, you know, kind of uh, stated that she's going to be bankrupt. So we've already seen teases of that from Mercedes in just her first appearance at, you know, Wrestle Kingdom as well. Obviously, after their match at Battle in the Valley, they showed signs of respect. But those inklings of heel Mercedes have already been kind of dropped um, so I think that would be the correct route to go to if they were to do Mickey versus Mercedes. The more we talk about it, the more <laughs> interested I am in the match, because I got to be honest, I'm not always excited for a Mercedes money match or a Sasha Banks match as mm-hmm. it were. Uh, but as I see her work and I see her evolve, I understand that there is a lot of potential for yes. some really cool new stories to come out of this. And I am looking forward to that. Me too. But first, we got to get past No Surrender. And that is probably one of the things that we're going to talk about <laughs> on our Saturday show. Yes. As I realize our taping schedule is going to change a little bit for that. But we'll talk about that off the line. We'll get it off. We'll get it out to everyone as we always do. This time, I promise we will because I'm not out of town. Instead, let's get out of here. The run sheet's done. Ella, plug your stuff. Uh, the easiest way to follow me is on Twitter. Well, you know, well, Twitter is still alive. Uh, Twitter.com slash It's Ella J. If you go to the link in my bio, all my links to all my podcasts and projects and writing are all there for you in one convenient place. And as always, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We're here every Wednesday with the news and Saturday with some wrestling TV talk. That's what we do here on The Run Sheet. Come and follow us and join the conversation at The Run Sheet Pod all over socials. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. Yeah, we're back to that. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.